Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. And we're back. Hour number two, OutKick 360 on a Thursday. Jonathan Hutton at the day off. Special assignment. He'll be back with us on Monday. I'm Chad Withrow. Paul Kuharski is here. We're just getting started. We're just getting warmed up on this Thursday. Armando Salguero will join us coming up in about 20 minutes. Armando was actually in Tampa for the joint practice Excuse me, between the Dolphins and the Bucks. So we'll ask him about that and Tom Brady's situation. Looking forward to it. Speaking of the Tampa Bay Bucks, Antonio Brown, as of about 20 minutes ago exactly, he released a statement. And we're going to show it to you if you're watching, and I'm going to read it aloud right now. This is from Antonio Brown. This is not an April Fool's joke. This is not an, an article in The Onion. This is an actual tweet. This is not a spec script of another season of Eastbound and Down, and this is a Kenny Powers monologue on the show. Because when I read it, that's what it sounded like to me. It sounded like something Danny McBride would have written for, uh, for his character on Eastbound and Down, Kenny Powers. Quote from Antonio Brown. My biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM a cracker or showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet or throwing rocks at that UPS driver, and it definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jet Stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. This is poetic. My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown, play a game live. Sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine what that was like for you all to see something like that. Like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. Antonio Brown on his biggest regret. Jesus perform. Yes. And Jesus put on a my, lot, of, show, lot was, of great shows. You know, perform miracles. <laughs> like Jesus on Wind stage at Red Rocks. Hey, uh, let's get, get some, Lazarus. Let's some, get some water Somebody get here. Lazarus up here right now. We're about to do something real special for you tonight. Later on. I'll uh, be serving some wine. I mean, get some water up yeah. here. Yeah, where's the blind? Where's the blind guy at? Come on, get him up here. Let's get some mud going. This guy uh, is such an idiot. This is this is remarkable. I, from I Antonio regret Brown. that I can't watch myself. See, now it's it's crossed over to where I don't want him to hurt himself or someone else. But if he just keeps saying things like this, and I legitimately believe that he believes it, which I do, it's it's crossed into entertainment territory now. I'm actually liking statements like this. Well, it's important that you... Remember when you, he took the jersey off, everybody was like, man, we're really worried about Antonio Brown. This is really bad. What, yeah. what would well, cross over into? It's important you characterized it with that preface, with uh, important he doesn't hurt himself or somebody else. Yes. He's a lunatic. Um, but we could preface that like we do injuries, right, in sports. Right. As long as they stay healthy, as long as they don't hurt themselves or someone else, then this is okay. But look, here, here's what this is. Antonio Brown hasn't been in the headlines any time soon. Everybody's forgotten. Anytime lately, everybody's forgotten about him. And so he sat down and thought, you know, people aren't talking about me. 
and I'm going to get him talking about me. And uh, so he set about writing this tweet. It's a well-crafted tweet. I could see him spending, you know, that's the kind of tweet that you hit the X on and save as a draft. Not the X on gas station, the X on the tweet. <laughs> and uh, you save it in your drafts and you come back to it, polish it. I, I respect that it's a well-written tweet. I could see him actually spending some time or getting some help on that tweet. What he needs to get some help on is, isn't the tweet. Well, the start is great when he ro- rolls through his greatest hits. Yeah. Of blunders. Like, do you think he had to Google, like, Antonio Brown's <laughs> biggest mess-ups? It's like, the, it's like yeah. the Bruce Pearl timeline yeah. of the barbecue on ESPN back in the day? you remember all that off the top of your head, Let, even can, if it's biographical. Can you guys put that up on the screen one more time so we can see it? Because it's really the start that gets me going every time when he starts to kind of chronologically go through his list. My biggest regret in my career, <laughs> this, this is really funny, doesn't involve me calling my GM a cracker. One. Or showing up to Raiders camp late. Two. In a hot air balloon. I'm going to call that three. Yep. With frozen feet. Four. Or throwing rocks at that UPS driver. I don't even remember that one. Five. I don't either. And it definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jet Stadium mid-game. That's another one. Huh? While throwing up deuces. That's seven. So, but at double deuces, I mean, are double birds double deuces? I guess I, I, that's a mischaracterization to me. I don't remember the air balloon. I don't know the double dick deuces like Nixon. Yeah, I thought the deuces were like the peace oh, sign, the victory sign. I I didn't remember the air balloon. Nixonian. I, I certainly don't remember him throwing rocks at, the, at that UPS driver. <laughs> so he's got so many we can't even remember. He's them also uh, what's your favorite? Conveniently, of these, I feel Chad? like conveniently, I feel like a lawyer may have taken a look at this statement or what he said because. He's leaving off the, some of the biggest allegations against him, right? Some legal uh, yeah. the, the allegations against him are not listed on the, the regrets. Of the ones that are listed, what's your favorite, whether you remember it or not? Mine is the frozen feet. I thought the frozen feet was a singular, idiotic m- moment. I mean, look, I laugh at the word... And the helmet. I, I laugh at the word cracker. Uh, that's a funny one for me, calling your GM a cracker. That, that makes me giggle. Even just reading it aloud for for whatever reason, um, there's. I mean, Paul. There's. I mean, they're you, all. You can't nitpick the Mona Lisa when you're talking the Mona Lisa of NFL misbehavior. He's right up there. I mean, this, this is also like the one that we counted multiple times. Really, was a subset showing up to Raiders camp late. A in a hot air balloon. B with frozen feet. Uh, you know, there's subsets. It's truly, truly remarkable. Brad on Twitter writes into the show and says, T.O. actually did the same, comparing himself to Jesus. This happened in the pre-Twitter era, but Owens once said, quote, people hated on Jesus too, so I know, I know how he felt. <laughs> um, yeah. It's so. a bad idea. It, it doesn't work well. One thing I'll say, though, there's never been a bad NFL receiver that compared himself to Jesus. <laughs> If you want to look at the positive side of this, you got to be pretty damn good as an NFL wide receiver. And Antonio Brown and T.O., two great receivers. Well, one a sure-fied Hall of Famer. And well, uh, T.O.'s in. Yeah. But I, I don't think A.B. – I don't know. I don't think he's following him. So, uh, in the world of Twitter, we've got two stories, both breaking This in other the last one might hour. be better. This is really good. So, we're going to show you this also. I'm going to, I'm going to read it. This is in response. This is involving Kentucky athletics right now. And look, I fully recognize this all may be uh, some big joke that they're both in on together. I don't necessarily think so, though. 
So Kyle Tucker, who works for The Athletic and covers Kentucky athletics, he tweeted out, this is a quote from John Calipari, this is a basketball school. Alabama is a football school. So is Georgia. No disrespect to our football team. I hope they win 10 games and go to bowls. But this is a basketball school. John Calipari wants his practice facility ASAP. That was from Kyle Tucker. Which, by the way, I totally agree with everything John Calipari said. I'm surprised that. he doesn't have his practice facility. Yeah, they like, are. How does Kentucky not have state-of-the-art practice facility? Yeah, whatever they want. Um, but Mark Stoops took exception to this. He retweets. With comment. Basketball school, question mark. I thought we competed in the SEC. Hashtag four straight postseason wins. Double dig. Now, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think that's a direct shot at John Calipari in Kentucky losing to St. Peter's in the first round of the tournament this year. Oh, I think it definitely When he is. says four straight postseason wins. And I, the SEC thing is a shot also. We're in a football conference. Let me be very clear here about what Mark Stoops is doing. Kentucky fans aren't going to call it. They're probably going to go more on the side of, oh, it's a joke. These guys like each other. They're just ribbing each other. Whatever. I'm also going to say this is not a battle that Mark Stoops would win. No. With John Calipari and Kentucky basketball. And if there are a large number of Kentucky fans that feel they're being made fun of for losing in the first round and tearing open a very fresh wound from that first round loss to St. Peter's, I don't think this flies very well with that fan base. But I don't either, but I kind of respect that he's planting a flag. He's not responding directly to Cal. Cal didn't tweet. Somebody tweeted about Cal. It would be very different to me if he was responding directly to a tweet from his basketball coach. He's not. But I think you have to respect to a degree that he's planting a flag, standing up for himself, uh, you know, not wanting to let the basketball coach, who's stating the obvious about it being a basketball school, but also kind of saying, hey, don't forget about us. We're on the... We're on the come, we're on the upswing here, and it's not as easy to say we're a basketball school as it's always been able to say before. Well, also, from the uh, Stoops' perspective here, he's really worked up over the fact they don't have a lot of NIL money in football. He's mentioned it a number of times. He's talked about we're not going to continue to have the program we have unless we step it up or others step it down in terms of NIL offerings for football. And this coincides with John Calipari's complaining about his practice facility, and he is racking up the best recruiting class he's had since probably the Anthony Davis year and the team that won, you know, it was a, essentially a Fab Five that they had that won the national title. So clearly, John Calipari is getting it done in NIL with Kentucky basketball. I think that's easy to say. And maybe Mark Stoops feels like we're, we're going to get left behind in the SEC quickly if I don't plant that flag and stand up for us. Well, it's a lot smaller. I mean, maybe the money is bigger, but you're dealing with, what, eight, eight guys, 12 guys and a basketball team for NIL. And when you say Kentucky doesn't have a lot of NIL going for it in football, I'm not surprised to hear that. And the first thing I think is, what could Stoops do to really generate that in a place like that? I don't see that as something like where Kentucky's going to turn it up and three years from now, 
You're going to say, wow, Kentucky really got it done in the last three years in NIL. I just picture it as a place, and I don't know a lot about it, but I just picture it as a place where it's not going to be a big player in NIL, and he's going to have to uh, find ways around that, and that's part of the challenge of that job. Yeah, it's it's about motivation. Look, Kentucky's got deep pockets in that fan base. Uh, with with uh, uh, there's money with the Kentucky but fan base. But it's going to be a basketball first state. money. It's going to be basketball first. And here's a, a a great example of the mentality of the Kentucky fan. Um, I recently got into this uh, Twitter exchange with a number of Kentucky fans over someone saying that Kentucky football is a better program than Tennessee football. I would agree that right now, this instance, what Mark Stoops has is more solid than what Josh Heupel has at Tennessee, and he's created a better program right now. But I I made the point that I I would agree with that, which makes it even worse that Kentucky has a losing record against Tennessee in the last decade because this would be the time to strike and to start to turn that lopsided head-to-head towards your side. But instead... They still have a losing record. A Jeremy Pruitt coach Tennessee team beat Kentucky bad in year one when Kentucky was borderline top 10. I think they were 11th in the country at the time. To which Kentucky fans get upset with that. But loss. Paul, the, the fallback is not, hey, well, I don't care about that. They've had bad luck against Tennessee. But Kentucky is a national player. They're a player in the SEC. We're here to stay in football. No, the eventual response is, boy, how far that Tennessee program has fallen that you're bragging about a win over Kentucky. That's the mindset of the Kentucky fan. Football is merely a bonus. If you're good, great. We'll get all into it. We will celebrate. We'll talk trash about our New Year's Day bowl win over Iowa, and we'll love it. But ultimately, this is a basketball school. They want to win in basketball first and foremost, and that's not the case with pretty much every other SEC school. And that's a big difference. Yeah, it's a tough spot for Stoops in a lot of ways. No doubt. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk some NFL. Armando Salguero with Outkick.com. He was in Tampa. Bucks, Dolphins, joint practice. Tom Brady stepping away for personal reasons. We'll talk about that. Deshaun Watson. So much NFL to get into with Armando Salguero, and that's coming up next. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. We are back, Outkick 360, across the Outkick network. Colin Warner doing a great job as part of the Outkick radio network. We say hello to all of our radio affiliates wherever you're listening to Outkick 360. Right now, I'm Chad Withrow, Paul Kuharski, alongside Jonathan Hutton. will be back with us on Monday. So many stories to get to today. We're having a blast so far. Some lighthearted stories, some not so lighthearted a lot of them involving the NFL, and once we get connected with Armando Salguero of Outkick 
NFL.com. We will talk about some of those NFL headlines. And Armando's right in the middle of a lot of them in South Florida. So looking forward to that. Paul, you got two preseason games tonight. Uh, We're going to talk Titans-Ravens coming up in the 4 o'clock hour and what to watch for in that game. The other game, you got Giants at Patriots. So you've got Brian Dayball uh, going to the Giants now, former you know Bill Belichick protege, playing uh, in New England. Giants, I'll, I'm fascinated by preseason uh, point spreads. Giants are a two-and-a-half-point favorite in New England tonight. Well, I think uh, Giants probably will play more people uh, longer. That would be my feeling as the as the basis for that. And also, uh, Patriots haven't – practice reports out of New England have been really bad. Um, but I don't know. Is Mac well, Jones the, playing the, in that the game? The Giants' practice reports have been like a war scene from people there. Fights and no one understands the offense. And players are already exasperated about it. It's been awful with the Giants, too. So really, setting spreads on preseason games has to be amazingly challenging. And I would think that, um, you know, you're judging who's got better third-teamers third to, to a great extent. The, the, in the other game, the Ravens have like a 20-game preseason winning streak, which is like one of the least meaningful streaks there can be in football. If but you, you get are, to a point where it means something. If you are Ravens PR, do you hype that up at all? A little bit. Do you tweet about it? Do you post on Instagram? Minimally. Do you say we're going for a 21-game win streak you know, tonight against the Titans? Or do you just kind of let everyone else talk about I it? Don't, yeah, I think you do let a lot of other people post. Schefter sent something out, so that, that's doing some trumpeting on your behalf. I don't know if you talk about going for 21 – as much as you talk about that you're at 20. And then if you win, you say, hey, we're at 21. Um, news coming out from the NBA today. They announced that the number six will be retired across the league in honor of Bill Russell, which got me thinking about famous number sixes. LeBron James, when he goes back and forth between 23 and six, is the most famous number six of all time, separate of Bill Russell. I can't think of a lot of basketball players, Paul, that – wear the number six number six is my second favorite number i'm a nine guy and uh but in baseball when i made the baseball team as a freshman i was given number six without you know any say at that stage in my career and then i wore it for the whole time so uh and then when i was a lesser player you know later in my life i took 16 and 19 because six and nine were prime numbers you know um i i I think it's cool that they're retiring it for Russell. Uh, but like you said, it's probably not in high demand um, amongst players today. So you're not taking it away. Well, and I, I know guys would be allowed to keep it, um, you know, if they had it now, I presume. Um, but it's not like guys are coming into the league saying, hey, I really want number six. It's not very popular. So we talked a little about the Field of Dreams game tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern on Fox Cubs and Reds in that game. What's Reds, spread on that game? Reds a slight favorite. I know I looked up this morning. They've got a rookie pitcher going that's had a really good year. Drew Smiley, who's been all over the place, was with the Braves a year ago, is going tonight for the Cubs. Uh, the Yankees are 2-8 and eight in their last 10 after losing again yesterday. Paul, are you worried at all about the makeup of this team, or is this just simply a bad stretch in a long season 
that everyone's going to have at some point. Well, I don't think that they were ever as good. At, you know, they were playing like 740 ball for a while. I don't think they were 740 team. But I'd like to see them right the ship here and start playing better. They need Stanton back, and they need these relievers to stop giving up late-game home runs that put them in a hole. Armando Salguero is on with us right now from OutKick.com. Talking some NFL with Armando. I think Armando may be in the car right now, uh, possibly driving away from a practice. Not sure, though. Armando, how are you, man? I'm escaping the practice. That's exactly correct. <laughs> well, you're welcome for us getting you out of practice uh, for, for this right here. We, we gave you your escape route uh, away from practice. So the big news is obviously Tom Brady and what was announced by Todd Bowles that he is going to be stepping away for, quote, a period of time to deal with some personal things. Armando, it sounded like this was something that was pre-planned before training camp even started. Absolutely. So Tom Brady and Todd Bowles met prior to the start of training camp. Brady told them that he had a couple of weeks uh, window there that he needed to be with his family for a reason I am not aware of. And that, uh, you know, he needed that permission if it was possible. Todd Bowles actually offered to give him more time. And Brady said, no, I want to be at camp from the beginning up until the last moment before I need to be away so I can have some chemistry and find some chemistry with the wide receivers. As you know, Julio Jones is new on the team this year for the Bucks, and obviously there needs to be some work done between Brady and Jones if that's going to be a, a thing in the 2022 season. And Brady also, uh, you know, eventually is going to have to get in rhythm with Chris Goodwin, who is hurt and hasn't been practicing a whole lot. Um, not Not hurt, but is recovering from an ACL and MCL and he's trying to do it in seven months, which is amazing. It's a bummer here in Nashville, Armando, because uh, the bucks are coming for Wednesday and Thursday joint sessions before a Saturday preseason game. And there's always good interaction between Brady and Vrabel, good friends from their time together as Patriots. And uh, certainly we would have rather have seen the DBs, uh, you know, matched up against Brady doing the throwing instead of uh, Blaine Gabbert. You want to pump me up for watching Blaine Gabbert uh, throw against these DBs? No. <laughs> I really don't want to pump you. You know, I was talking to someone at practice today, and you have any idea how long Blaine Gabbert has been in the NFL? Yeah, forever. What's it? 2008, 2010 draft, maybe? I would have guessed 13, and you're going to tell me 16. It's 12 years, yeah. and and we were just chuckling uh, about Bl Blaine Gabbert, who I – forgive me if I'm offending anyone, but I'm not sure that uh, anyone is thinking that he is an elite or even a good NFL quarterback, but that he could somehow author a 12-year NFL career, and it's, keep, it's continuing, by the way, and yet – there he is, uh, in year 12, Blaine Gabbert. So, yeah, Blaine Gabbert, year 12, in Tennessee, Paul, yeah. against the, the Tennessee Titans DBs. 
Well, at least he's a visitor and not the backup quarterback as he was for a time here. Um, nice guy, not, not a great quarterback. Uh, Deshaun Watson's going to start for the Browns. You, you think they're wasting time uh, and, and snaps on a guy who, uh, not that everybody doesn't waste time and snaps in the preseason, but he's playing week seven at the earliest. So um, what do you think Kevin Stefanski's thinking in terms of uh, giving him a preseason start at this stage? Well, so let's go with the stated reason first. You know, he is going to be off for a long time, and he has been off already for a long time because he didn't play last year for the Houston Texans. So he needs some work beyond just uh, practice. He needs some, some snaps in anger, so to speak. And, and that, that happens in a preseason game. Now, do you want the unspoken unsaid thing about this whole thing? Sure. Yes. Yes, you do. Uh, this is a big. Through you to the NFL. It really is. If that's what it feels like, it's like, okay, so let's see. He is, he is suspended for six games. He's allowed to be in the building. He's allowed to practice. He's allowed to play in the preseason up until the regular season. And now you're, suspend, you're, you're appealing the suspension? Well, now we're going to put him out there for everyone to see. And that's what I, I, I feel is the message here. It's like almost like the Browns going – Okay, you want to suspend our quarterback, you and that's fine. But now you want to appeal it and increase that suspension? He needs to play. So I, I got to give full marks to Tyler Castle, who's one of our producers, who's our resident Browns fan, for bringing this idea to me earlier today. And, Paul, you and I are going to discuss it in a little bit, but what do you think about the idea, Armando, that Cleveland is doing this and announcing it in advance in some way to try to – expedite the expedited process of appeal so they can learn next steps from the NFL. But to get out in front, so if the NFL doesn't want him on the field at all, they have to give them an answer before tomorrow night now. Except that that doesn't apply. Because even if the suspension is extended, um, it doesn't take place, it doesn't start until the regular season. And so even if he's suspended indefinitely, it doesn't start until the regular season. That's a different matter. I think that's a different matter. But if he's suspended for a year, the suspension begins in the regular season and he is allowed to be uh, with the team in the preseason. Well, and everything I've read is indefinite suspension. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Goodell wants, and correct me if I'm wrong, the desire is an indefinite suspension of at least a season is what the NFL wants in this, which means he would have to leave immediately. They're not going to expedite it that quickly, though. I mean, they're in a spot for sure. They don't love the idea that there's going to be highlights of him in a Browns uniform before this whole suspension starts, no matter how long it is. But we're talking, uh, when's this game, Friday night? They're not going to expedite it that quickly, I don't think. It would be, uh, it, you know, it would be strange for um, the appeals officer, Peter Harvey, to be moved 
um, and to have his timetable changed or affected by something the Cleveland Browns might do. If, if that's the case, then I would say to you the entire process is a little cockeyed. Armando, you may have been in practice and not seen this because it just dropped a little while ago, but have you seen Antonio Brown's latest statement that he made on social media? <laughs> no, but I can't wait. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to paraphrase, but he basically listed off some of the crazier things he's done, calling his GM a cracker, um, you know, uh, flying in a hot air balloon somewhere, all, all these different feet, taking the jersey off and doing a victory lap at, at the Jets game. He lists these off and says, out of all the regrets, I don't regret any of this. My biggest regret is that I couldn't watch all of this happen, couldn't that I watch couldn't watch me. Play. And he said it would have been like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks, watching Antonio Brown through all this. Your thoughts? Two words. Seek help. <laughs> Seek help. Because, dude, something is not the, the, the something is not functioning up there. And if if it is, it's going to the wrong place and you're channeling it in exactly the wrong way. Seek help. This this guy you know, I, I've heard of tortured geniuses in the past, and I get it. Some of the people who have the greatest gifts, and not just in, in athletics, but in music, in art, in whatever, they are away from their craft losers because they just can't function as normal people because they're not normal people. And I would say to you that Antonio Brown, who arguably, if, if, well, I mean, arguably, maybe Paul has a different opinion, but arguably is a pro football Hall of Fame candidate someday. If he had just been a regular person where it's okay, uh, you know, it would be just incredible, but nonetheless, he's a greatly gifted person who is just, it doesn't all come to a, to a logical end when it gets up in that brain of his yeah. and, and it manifests in his actions. Been out of the spotlight for a little while, had to get himself back in. Matt Eberflus, very direct today, um, opened his press conference talking about Roquan Smith without any uh, question. He's off PUP, and, and the coach said, we expect all our healthy players to practice. Go ahead and ask him why he's not practicing. Uh, not a very good side story for the Bears right now. How do you think it ends? First-year head coach trying to, to put his stamp on a, on a team, and he's going to pick on the lone star that's basically left on that roster. <laughs> uh, it, you know, there's a reason why players hold in, Paul, and the reason is they don't get fined. <laughs> and so it's going to be very interesting whether Roquan Smith, who's already made the statement, I want out. So you ask him, he's going to answer, I want out. They're not, 
they're not dealing with me in a, uh, you know, manner that would lead us to a, to a, to a contract. And in fact, I think he was more, um, you know, harsh than that. I think he said that the bears aren't dealing with him in, 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 in good ways or something like that, or they're, they're, they're negotiating with him, uh, duplicitously in something. But my point is, why do you have to pick that fight, Matt? Well, I mean, the Chicago bears have a lot of problems. They sure do. And I get it. Roquan Smith is one of them, right? But I don't think Roquan Smith is problem one. <laughs> Uh, if he gets a, a good contract and by good, typically these guys want top dollar, but he's kind of, you know, up there, he's arguably the best off linebacker in the NFL. Um, and there's not a whole lot of guys ahead of him that you could argue with. I know uh, every coach faces a somewhat tough decision about uh, play him or don't play him. The trend is is moving strongly towards don't play him. Colts are going to play Matt Ryan, uh, an old quarterback who doesn't move well. Um, I, I think it's an iffy call, but uh, what do you think about what Frank Reich's plan is here for his new quarterback? So over, under, on passes. Five? What do you think, Paul? Yeah. Five? That's probably a good Over n- under. Probably a good number. But if I'm one of those passes, his questionable tackles uh let somebody through, doesn't matter how few, right? <laughs> you know, I I asked I asked coaches this multiple times because I'm right there with you. Why are you doing this thing? What what are, what are you trying to prove? And you know what the answer has been the consensus answer has always been but it's been the consensus answer is it's football we play football and so how do you argue that (laughs) coach why are you playing your starting quarterback because we play football how do you come back to that how do you how do you answer that because i've never been able to come up with an answer Sort of the geeky, but he could get hurt. Yeah, <laughs> and they don't buy it. They don't. They don't think that way. Apparently, well, some of, some of them. The some of them think that way. I mean, uh, McVeigh certainly thinks that way. He's not letting a starter in the building. I don't know. I mean, the, the preseason matters so little to Tom Brady. He's just taken off for two weeks <laughs> and had it preordained during the the start of camp. Which that's okay for a forty five year old quarterback with his track record. Uh, you covered Dan Campbell, sure. Armando, with the Dolphins. Um, uh, curious, did you watch episode one of Hard Knocks? I did. I actually enjoyed it for the first time in a while with that show. What are your impressions of Dan Campbell and his entire staff there in Detroit that is dominated by guys that played many years in the NFL? Right. Yeah, no, I definitely watched it, and I enjoyed it. I like, you know, I've heard the Dan Campbell, I hear Dan Campbell talk. And I hear a lot of Bill Parcells coming out and I hear a lot of John Payton coming out 
and I hear some Tony Sperano coming out, guys that obviously have um, affected his his career and guys who he has sort of patterned himself after. And I enjoy him. I get it. It he's he's coach tough guy, and he wants a tough guy team, it, much the same way Mike Vrabel does. So th- if you look at the Tennessee Titans, that's who the Detroit Lions want to be. That's who Dan Campbell wants his team to be. Having said that, uh, you know, <laughs> is Dan Campbell going to take chicken salad and or the other thing and turn it into chicken salad? I don't know. Uh, it's going to take a while. It's going to, I think, be one of those, but he's going to have to be very patient with the Detroit Lions because those guys will ultimately want to run through a wall for him. And apparently his former players who are now coaches all want to run through a wall for him. But you know what? Um, it still takes talent, talent at quarterback. You've got Je- Jared Goff and the other coaching staff, even though even the guys that didn't play in the NFL, like, you know, Bill Belichick and Sean McVay and other guys who haven't played in the NFL, they're smart (laughs) and they can coach the heck out of football. So good luck, Dan. Armando, you're right there in South Florida. One of the most intriguing teams, this training camp, the Dolphins, uh, with expectations now with weapons being added around Tua. What's been your impression so far? I know it's tough to gain a lot out of training camp and practice and, and what you can see and what you can't see. But what what is the impression of this Dolphins team so far? So honestly, because uh, I have to kind of cover the entire league, not kind of, but cover the entire league for OutKick, I haven't been out to Dolphins training camp. I just saw them practice for two days against the Buccaneers, and it was the first time that I've seen them practice this year. And that is a team that last year lost by 28 points to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, steamrolled them last year. And Tom Brady threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns, and it wasn't that close. So it was a 28-point win, and the Bucs were maybe 40 points better if they had wanted to be. The last two days of practice, the Dolphins have been the equal of the Bucks, And I'm not sure that that means that the Bucks haven't, you know, kind of dropped a couple of rungs because they didn't have Mike Evans practicing and they don't have Indomitian and Sue anymore and Jason Pierre-Paul is gone and all of that and on and on. But there is no doubt that the, that the Dolphins have improved as a team and I, I get the Tariq Hill love because when he steps on the field, he's, if not the best player on the field sometimes, certainly the last couple of days he's been one of the best players, uh, maybe the top one or two, and certainly the best player on his team. Armando Salguero covers the NFL for OutKick.com. You can read all of his great work at OutKick.com and gracious enough to join us weekly here on OutKick 360 to kick it around and talk some football. 
Armando, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thank you, Chad. You're the best. You are, you are, Armando. We're just trying to follow your example. Safe travels. We appreciate you. Uh, We're going to get a little bit deeper into this idea of the Browns' announcement of Deshaun Watson, what that means, if anything. Clearly, it means something that they're announcing that he's going to start in a preseason game on Friday night in Jacksonville. We'll dive a little bit deeper into that story. Also, getting a report from Mary Kay Cabot about what could possibly happen with Browns' quarterback if, in fact, the league comes back and says he's out for the entire season. That's all coming up next. This is Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back, Outkick 360, across the Outkick network. Big thanks to all of our radio partners. Wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, we thank you. I'm Chad Withrow. Paul Koharski is here. Jonathan Hutton will be back on Monday. Deshaun Watson continues to be a huge story in the NFL. The news that he's starting against Jacksonville in the preseason, normally who's starting at quarterback in the preseason would not be a story. It's obviously a big one with Deshaun Watson, with the NFL submitting their appeal to someone else who's going to hear the appeal for a second time now, and it's going to be a third-party uh, person that's going to hear it. This is an expedited process, Paul. Uh, my question is, is this in part being done by the Browns to further expedite an already expedited process so they can understand next steps for what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, not just from a regular season standpoint, but from how to prepare for the regular season? with what they need to do plans-wise for this year? I don't think it, uh, it can successfully expedite things that they get a verdict before Friday night. Um, and but look, they have to prepare no matter what for life without him in these first six weeks. Yeah, uh, Mary Kay Cabot's reporting that if it was a full-season thing, maybe they'd look into Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so they'd like to know sooner than later. Everybody would like to know about suspension stuff sooner than later. It hasn't generally affected what the league does. Uh, I remember all the way back, Tennessee Titans had Josh Evans on a, on a, a drug suspension. I think it was, uh, it was uh, substance abuse suspension. That, that lingered into the summer, and I remember writing way back when I was with the Tennessee, and like, this is unfair either he's suspended or he's not suspended, but they need to know because they need to, to, to get another player if he's suspended. But the league from then all the way till now doesn't seem to react to timelines like that that do the teams a favor, so to speak, in terms of letting them clarify their plans. And they're certainly not going to do the Browns a favor in terms of clarifying their plans because they're pissed at the Browns for uh, the contract that they shaped for Deshaun Watson here where he doesn't take a financial hit for the six games or for the full season and all of that. So I don't think it's going to have any bearing on expediting anything. Well, and I'm sure the Texans would have loved an expedited process a year ago where he could have been suspended. And they got no process. Suspended indefinitely, put him on the exempt list or whatever, where they're not paying him 
And that really would have helped them out a year ago, and, and they certainly did not get the benefit of the doubt. Here's a question for you with Mary Kay Cabot's report about Jimmy Garoppolo. A healthy Jimmy Garoppolo comes to Cleveland. Are they a playoff team with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, given the rest of the roster? Maybe. I, I think borderline. I really like their roster. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, the, the question is, can he stay healthy? Uh, is he going to stay healthy for 17 games? If he stays healthy for 17 games, I think they're right there in the, uh, in the playoff hunt. See, I, I don't think 17 is even that, – that's hard to expect from almost anyone. So what's NFL. your number? Let's say, it's, let's say it's 13 or 14. Trey Lance started twice a year ago, I think. Yeah. So let's, let's say 14. So there's three regular season games he misses, and Jacoby Brissett's your starter for those three games. Is this a playoff I think they're team? in the hunt, for yeah. sure. I, think I like the, Cincinnati a lot. I think they're I in the hunt for the, the Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I, I, don't, yeah. I do too. I, I like Cincinnati a lot, though, and I don't like the Ravens, but the Ravens are going to be there. Um, the, the Ravens are always going to be there. So I, I think it's a tough slog. I agree with you. If Deshaun Watson's there for an entire season, if, if his health isn't a question, I think the Browns are a contender. For big things in the AFC. So we'll definitely be watching out to see if anything happens uh, before a kickoff tomorrow night where Deshaun Watson is slated to start for the Browns. If there's any word from uh, Peter Harvey, is who's hearing the, the case for the NFL, if there's any word from the NFL on that, or, hey, we're going to watch now. I mean, I'm going to tune in to watch Deshaun well, Trevor Watson Lawrence the Browns. Is starting too. Yeah, so and, and Trevor Lawrence. It's a good quarterback matchup, even if it lasts 10 minutes. When it comes to preseason and must-watch TV, you don't get that very often. No. You're going to get that tomorrow night in Jacksonville between those two teams. Dan Dockage always has a lot to say. We'll find out what he has to say next on OutKick 360.